This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Back of the Nest Match Preview Podcast. www.backofthenest.com Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Back of the Desk Preview Podcast. I'm your host, Terence Ford, and this week's episode see Eskif and Albert join me in looking forward to our trip to the home of the resurgent Everton. Reviews, predictions, comments and rants. Send us your voice clips on WhatsApp. 0203 575 1266. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Uh, just before we started there, Albert, very kindly and beautifully in the most loving way I've ever heard, Tenley's wife, do you mind leaving? Was this just the room or just your life in general? <laughs> Get out. No, it was just to leave the, the vicinity of the microphone, that's all. Uh, that's okay. She's gone to the East Wing where there's plenty of room <laughs> and she can um, clatter the knife and fork round the pasta bowl as much as she likes. Not a euphemism. Has she gone to the Deanie Lounge? Is that what it's called? No, it's called the Hesketh's a c- Lounge. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 50 seconds in, first C-bomb. And... Um, yeah, I was actually going to suggest that the East Wing actually is one of the boxes that overlooks Vicarage Road, Heskiff. So not too not too far from the same page there. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, there he is in the background, Eskiff. Thanks for joining. Hello, thank I'll you. I bet you're delighted after last week. What was last week? Us losing? <laughs> yep. And our favourite player throwing the ball in the back of the net. Yeah. I mean, just as... You know, it, it basically these people just wait for us to lavish praise upon them, and then 
do that. Right, before we move on, let's do this. What kind of beer do you like? Heineken! Fuck that shit! Pabst Blue Ribbon! Now, I can't remember what the dates were. I think it was last Wednesday. So, yeah, I failed dry January on the 30th of January. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know if that's stupid or if it really matters at all. But, um, yeah, alas, it fell over. Eskif. Yeah, there's, funny enough, someone that I work with, um, a guy called Fergal, who supports Man United. So we'll, we'll abuse him as much as we want. He, um, I went out for drinks and he couldn't come because he was doing dry January. And then it turns out, he, I said to him, when was the last time you had a drink? And he said oh, it was about two o'clock, New Year's Eve. So I was like, oh, New Year's Eve or New Year's Day? He said, New Year's Day. I said, we well, failed it after two hours. So you might as well come and have a drink. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, I'm not too annoyed with myself. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's what it is. It happened. And then I drank an absolute skin for after Sheffield United because I was furious. But this week I, I forgot to buy a beer because it's not ingrained in my memory anymore. So um, I'm having, I've had to crack open a bottle of, a bottle of Christmas Baileys, Albert. Oh, wow. You're, you're on similar page to me because I haven't got any beers either. So I've had to pour myself a gin and tonic. But luckily the tonic water is in a little can. So nice. get the effect of the beer. Oh, and a gin and tonic there. We're, um, we're, we're getting towards the final podcast of the season, not too far away now, just a couple of months for gin and tonic check instead of beer check because that went so well last year, didn't it, Eskif? Can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was uh, an interesting Oh, <laughs> I have to listen back to that for the highlights. Right. I'm going to start this week with... <laughs> so I already mentioned there about Vicente Guaita throwing the ball into the back of the net from a corner to hand Sheffield United the 1-0 victory last week. Albert, after the game, going to the victory. We're all there having a beer, drowning our sorrows, and they roll out the bingo machine, which if anyone who's been to the victory knows that um, rolling it out after just 45 minutes is a bit sooner than they normally do there. You've got, you got to be there to about 8.30pm for the bingo to start. But it comes out and they're like, get the microphone out. Hush, 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 everyone. We've um, been running this bingo for, um, you know, handing out raffle tickets, sorry, for a few weeks now. And now this is the big unveiling of the prize. And it's only a signed framed picture of Vicente Guaita. <laughs> Could you could you get more Palace with a time in Albert? Not really. The only thing that would make it even more ironic is if when they pulled the ball out, whoever drew it actually dropped it. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it would have to be the prize, but it was it got drawn out. Um, and this is this is terrible. I really shouldn't laugh at this, but the money was raised for Alzheimer's, and um, so congratulations to everyone for raising a few hundred quid there. And then the person who got drawn out, it was a phone number because I'd been doing it over a few weeks and he wasn't there. And uh, <laughs> and he'd forgotten he'd bought the ticket because he's suffering from early onset Alzheimer's. Oh, no. <laughs> I, 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 I know I shouldn't laugh. It's a, it's a terrible thing to do, but um, yeah. Well, if you're listening to Alanis Morissette, <laughs> that is ironic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he won't ever let it go, will he? <laughs> he loves that tune. But um, alas, eventually someone got the award. So congratulations to everyone. It's a fantastic prize. Um, it really, really is. And uh, uh, fair play to Vicente for providing that as well. 
Right, we we can't do this show after Newcastle's victory at Oxford with Albert on it without talking about what happened in the stands. Do you want to talk us through it? I'm not sure. I'm sure everyone's seen it. Just the <laughs> no. We all have a goal, you know, in the magic of the FA Cup and good goal, the as drama. Well. Bloody good goal. Good goal. Good goal. So you know, quite understandably, um. You know, over enthusiastic Geordie in the in the crowd just got his knob out and started shaking it about. Fair enough. Now, um, Saint Maximan, who scored the goal, um, has actually tweeted about this a couple of times, and everyone's saying that he was doing a windmill. Was he doing a windmill there? Or some have said windmill. Some have said um, the helicopter. I don't think he's doing either of those things. No, when. Uh... In the scouts, this is going to sound dodgy. Um, <laughs> oh my god, what a start! Go on. We had a mate. We had a mate who did something similar, and he called it a cappuccino. Don't know why. Cappuccino. Just, he used to say cap- cappuccino, and he was just shaking it about. And it, I have to, I have to stress, he was one of the scouts, not one of the scout leaders. <laughs> However, I feel I should add a further disclaimer that Jeff, the scout leader, did turn out to be a paedophile. So. <laughs> of course he did. Well, I mean, why, why wouldn't Jeff? Um, it would have been better. He had, was, uh, <laughs> he had, let's not he go had, into he it. Had, let's he just, had the most prominent outie belly button I've ever seen. <laughs> what is happening? Did it always used to bump you in the forehead. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, yeah, we've got, we're, we're got a couple on. of badges for it. <laughs> we're moving on. <laughs> See, I was going to gear up here to make a joke about the win, the the Newcastle fan by saying knob on the tine, but now we've gone down this dark alley. I feel like everything's with lost. Jeff. <laughs> with, with Jeff. With Jeff. Anyway, um, you Newcastle fans, you think are used to the cold, but that one certainly wasn't. And we'll stick in the northeast, and this time. Eskip, it's been the anniversary in the last couple of days of the 4-0 defeat to Sunderland three whole years ago. Seems just like it was yesterday. Oh, it's a recurring nightmare that I have that game. Um, the, I'll tell you, the one thing I do remember is um, the morning of the game, um, my wife didn't want to go to the game because she was feeling really ill. and she I mean, she was really ill. And I persuaded her because I was like, it's a massive game. You know, this is the game that you need to come and support. Obviously, she has a season ticket and all that. But I was like, if 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 any game is important this season, it's this one. Um, and I just remember the look as the halftime whistle blew. She stands, she stands one one row in front of me in in block D. The the look that I got, I felt everything shrivel up. It was. The most scared I've ever been in my life. No windmilling for you. Um, no. I, as, <laughs> no, no cappuccino. <laughs> no cappuccino. Um, so as bad as that game was, I'll always remember that I was dicing with death um, for persuading Vanessa to actually turn up to yeah, the game. I remember uh, the second goal went in and I start making my way from row 25 of the Homesdale lower tier. So... Not too far from the back. I think there's maybe 35 rows, something like that. And by the time I'd got out of my row and up the stairs, it was 4-0. <laughs> so 
so I couldn't even. It was the most ridiculous thing ever. Um, We went down out back and people were saying, I can't believe it's 3-0. It was like, what are you talking about? They've just scored in the time that they're replaying the third goal. They've scored again. (laughs) Oh, what a day. Who was Sunderland manager? David Moyes. At the, is it yeah, the Roker Report, which is um, a Sunderland podcast, I believe, or maybe it's a fanzine, actually. Um, they tweeted me saying, after the game, we were singing, who needs Allardyce? We've got Moyes. <laughs> and well, he is a winner. He is a winner. Well, hmm. I mean, apparently he's already in trouble at West Ham, if um, you believe that in the no West Ham people on Twitter. But hmm, it'll be very interesting to see if they sacked him, but they... It's looking pretty disastrous there. And let's be honest, none of us will shed a tear if West Ham went down, would we? So, um, right. They'd have to lose a tear of their stadium, though. <laughs> well, they're, <laughs> they're doing something with the seats, aren't they? As I, as I saw you say on Twitter, are we paying for this, Albert? Did you find that out? Well, be, I, no, I, I'm awaiting the invoice. <laughs> I mean, if anyone could afford it out of us, it would be you. So, um <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let's let's look to the future. Crystal Palace rising star Gonzalez has been compared to Philip Coutinho, Albert. That's um, some praise. By who? He's Asian. <laughs> right. Moving on. <laughs> um, attacking midfielder there, uh, Heskiff. You know, number ten type player sitting in behind, pulling strings, hitting shot from range. That sounds like he's right up Hodgson Street. Oh, yeah, that's the Hodgson mould, isn't it? Oh, my God. And a, a creative playmaking midfielder. Can't right. wait. From one creative making midfielder to a, another one, Max Meyer. And I'm going to read this whole article out because it's definitely worth the time. So this says, Max Meyer, this is the headline, responds to Connor Wickham's Instagram post. Uh, you'd be pleased to know, Albert, this is a one-minute read. <laughs> It says, Max Meyer has responded to Connor Wickham's latest Instagram post, his second upload since he joined Sheffield Wednesday on loan until the end of the campaign. The Ipswich Academy graduate completed a temporary switch to Hillsborough on deadline day, having found game time hard to come by at Sellers Park under Roy Hodgson this season. Wickham made no Premier League starts, only appearing from the bench on six occasions in England's top flight this term. <laughs> this is based off an Instagram post, bear this in mind. Maya is another player who has struggled for consistent action, making only six Premier League starts in the current campaign. The Germany international has also made six substitute outings. After his teammate uploaded an image of himself training alongside his new Sheffield Wednesday colleagues, the former Schalke man responded by typing out nothing but a fire emoji to send to his fellow Crystal Palace companion, who he will not now see until the summer, hyphen, unless they meet up of their own accord. <laughs> End of article. <laughs> what? Who? What? what? <laughs> Unless they meet up of their own accord. <laughs> Is that the athletic? Because <laughs> I'm. You imagine that behind the paywall. <laughs> <laughs> that's just that, that's um. What's that Twitter account? Accidental partridge, <laughs> where people. That's that's. Definitely an accidental Alan Partridge. Oh, I hope he's done it deliberately. I mean, I really do hope he's just a comedic genius. And um, so shout out to Billy Myers. Uh, well, you know, that name really does ring a bell. And I'm I'm wondering, like, if he's actually a Palace fan because 
I recognize that name quite a lot. Um, I'm going to feel here as I go and search for Billy Myers on Twitter. It also <coughs> it also sounds like an excerpt from one of the Steve Bruce um, footballer novels. If anyone who <laughs> no. listens to Quickly Kevin, other football podcasts are available, like this one. Uh, it does sound like the sort of um, prose that Steve Bruce would come out with in one of his uh, infamous. I'm going. I'm, I'm saying the word novels, but I don't uh, really mean it. Alas. It is a Crystal Palace fan. I found him at Billy underscore Myers ninety eight on Twitter. I write words. I write words. Get him for on the show. Fancast. So there you go, Billy. If you're listening, <laughs> let us know. Are you a comedic genius, or is this um, your overlords telling you to write nonsense? I mean, Billy, send us something every week, and if it's of that quality, it's in. We will read it out. We don't get <laughs> it's a lot of absolutely in. Um, I asked for some contact today. Ask, ask us a question. We'll answer anything. Uh, what did you say? <laughs> I've got a picture from tonight's game, which is um, Spurs against Southampton, with James Ward-Prowse laying on the floor in absolute agony. Um, so George is asking, on a scale of 1 to 10, how excited does this make you, Haskiff? I haven't seen it, unfortunately, but just a description, I would say a 9.9. Um, and then were I to see a picture of him arriving in agony, a 10. <laughs> what, where are you on this spectrum, Albert? Uh, if I was if I was witnessing that at the game, <laughs> I'd like that Newcastle fan, I would probably get my knob out. Yes. And um, laying on the floor there, his mouth's wide open. People, everyone, listeners, non-listeners, just anyone out there in the sphere of the world, don't get your knob out in public, all right? Just stop getting stop getting your knobs out in public, particularly Heskiff in the bloody away end at Crystal Palace, where um, there is a DJ, and this has caused a lot of uproar on social media this week. In that there was a video clip, and I've seen a few of these down the seat of, across the season of Sheffield United fans having it absolute large in the away end on the concourse as a DJ just pumps out tunes for them. Um, hyping up the away fans, is this a good idea? Well, firstly, no, it's not a good idea. And then you start to think about some of the away ends that we've been in, like Watford, Albert, where you're like wading through, you know, like two inches of piss in a corridor that's not even wide enough for one person. It's miserable, you know. There might be a sort of ripped up poster that says, thanks for travelling, on the Metropolitan line or something. <laughs> and then the Way fans come down from Yorkshire to Palace and it's bloody Ministry of Sound and they're all loving it. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's not a huge amount for us to sing and dance about at, at Sellers Park at the best of times, to be fair, but seeing a load of pissed up Away fans get that laid on is a bit, is a bit annoying, isn't it? It is. I can actually hear the DJ from my house from about two o'clock. Um and it, it's tunes every week. I mean, they really should be in there with just playing the worst music you can think, like Taylor Swift or something on on loop. For just back up, go on. Not from a bit of Tay Tay. Um, <laughs> Do you know her? No, not not, not yet. Um, not yet. No, uh, no. Listen, I think I, I think it's quite a smart move because you get all the away fans absolutely tanked up and whatever. They they're probably less likely to complain about the horrendous view that they've got once they go into the stand. Mm. Yeah, 
I don't know. I think away experiences should be horrendous experiences. It's there's something to do with the charm. Oh come on, they're from Sheffield. They have horrendous experiences every day. <laughs> why? Why? Just cheer them up a bit. Just they could just go into their local bank and have a chat with Je- Jessica Ennis. It'd be fine. <laughs> anyway, the first great, great 2012 reference there. <laughs> yeah, um, I, th- I don't know. I'm going to leave it. I'm one Bailey's down. I'm going to pour another one. And then after this, we can get into the preview of the Everton game. Back of the Nest Match Review Podcast. www.backofthenest.com Let's start with Roy Hodgson going from 33 to 1 down to evens to be the next Premier League manager to leave. Um, if you, I know you're not really a better man, but 33 to 1 was a pretty good shout on the um, once the transfer window closed. Those are the numbers. That's, that's good odds in anyone's eyes for what happened in the window. Yeah. I mean, I think outside of Palace, probably people think that he's doing really well, you know, I mean, and, and to be fair, we've all said that with all the injuries and lack of signings and that, you know, he's doing as well as anyone can really be expected. But I think seeing it go from 33s to evens to be sacked seems like a lot of people are putting a decent amount of money on it for it to shoot down mm. quite so quickly. So I don't know if if people know things we don't or... If it's, you know, someone's got a hot tip that they've made up and all of a sudden people are Ooh. spunking money on it. I don't know. Ooh. Cool. Um, within within three short distance, you said hot tip and spunking, and I'll back in the scouts <laughs> again. Um, is it is it to be sacked? Just to leave. Just so to he could leave, leave he could the, be sacked. Mm, it's either just the next manager yeah, to leave their post mm. through whatever means. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't think we'll we'd sack him. Um, because again, I know it ain't it ain't great at the moment, but I, I think you know it'd have to be a real bad rotten run of luck to actually end up relegated under Roy. Um, however, at the end of the season, I can certainly see a natural uh, parting of the ways, as it were. But I, I, I don't think they'd be as foolish to sack him, unless, of course, some amazing alternative, long-term, exciting young football manager becomes a, an option that we can't let slip away but you know who's that mm. going to be yeah exactly i mean that's always the question when a new manager if you're getting a new manager comes about is who's out there um let's let's assume that he does leave in the summer let's let's have some guesses we're, we're notoriously good at predictions on this so heskiff who, who will be our manager at the start of next season if hodgson leaves in the summer I'm going to go for what I think is probably quite an obvious choice. I reckon Sean Dyche. <laughs> I mean, I, I, quite, a, quite a few Palace fans have said Sean Dyche to me. And Burnley fans, if they listen to this, must just think we're absolute pricks because they obviously think that they're a much bigger club than us. Probably historically are a much bigger club than us. But um, yeah, we can just go in and nab their manager if we fancy it. Uh, I did, well, I, I reckon... I reckon He's sort of done. I don't know what else he can do there. There was talk. Sign, that, sign, you know, sign some black players. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that'd be a start. I mean, that's an issue if he comes to Palace, but um but no, I feel there was there was talk that he like we were interested in him as manager at 
previously and I think our ceiling is higher than Burnley's to be honest um obviously they wouldn't want him to go and and probably would put up a fight but I could I could just see him I could just see him being appointed to be honest I could just visualize it happening (laughs) yeah who are you going for uh, I've got two names, and I'm not saying these are names that I want. Um, I'm not saying that I think they're bang on, but I think one could be Daniel Fark. Careful how you say that one. Um, I think if Norwich go down, I can see that being, uh, you know, well, he was decent, and he you know tries to play decent football, and maybe we could pry away a couple of Nor- Norwich's, you know, star talent. Um, so I can see that being someone we go for. And this this one is proper random. I can see, uh, I know there's a tournament in the summer, but I can see Roberto Martinez waltzing back into the Premier League in charge of Crystal Palace. Again, not saying I want it, not saying it's a good idea, but that wouldn't surprise mm. me. I'm more, think, more likely probably a Gareth Southgate disaster class at the Euros and then he becomes our manager. Mm. Or Chris oh, Chris Coleman more likely, but no, <laughs> I, I I think it'll be Eddie Howe. That's who I think it'll be. You know, um, Steve Parrish is an absolute slosh pot for going back for seconds. <laughs> so um, I reckon there's a good chance it could be him if he were to go. However, <clears throat> now see if you can guess who said this, Albert. Roy has been magnificent. Magnificent. Roy, Roy Hodgson, Hodgson has been magnificent. <laughs> He has done such, <laughs> such a good job. It's incredible. Frank De Boer came in and had an absolute shocker. And now this is where the clues are coming in. Every time we go for a flashy foreign manager, it goes wrong. Roy may not play hugely sexy football, but it works. Now it's a former Palace legend. Uh, is it Nigel Farage? <laughs> not too far off. I think there's, no, a, there's a good... Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Is it John Salarco? Yes. Hooray. <laughs> no time for flashy foreign managers, mate. Absolutely that, no time. I told you the first, I think it was maybe the first time I was on Love Sport when that first started like over a year ago. We got into the what I will call the sort of production office and there's obviously newspapers everywhere, all the sports pages. And I uh, picked up a crossword that had kind of been started and and, and filled it, like filled a lot of it in because, you know, I'm smart. Um, and then it turned out that Salarco was doing the show with Brian Moore before we went on, and he came out. He was like, "Oh, it's John Salarco," and I think this is before I knew he was a racist. Um, <laughs> and he came over to the table like to get his coat. And he said, "Oh, I left my crossword around here somewhere," <laughs> <laughs> and I had to sheepishly sort of slide it over the table and be like, "Yeah, I've done most of it." But he was—he seemed all right about it. He seemed quite reasonable. Um, Less reasonable on Twitter uh, about, you know, non-crossword subjects, shall we say. But, yeah, the moment you said flashy foreign manager, it kind (laughs) of, it really narrowed down the field of who it might Mm. be. Yeah, he's, um, I have a a story about him that I will share off air. Sorry, sorry to the people that may upset, but, um, yeah, he's not, he's not the nicest guy in the world, um. But there you go. Uh, back to Roy. He's got the oldest squad in the Premier League, Heskiff, and the second oldest in the top five European leagues. Um, mm. Now, it's 
he's partly responsible Sorry, did you say for that. Second oldest, second oldest, second oldest in the top five European leagues. Average age squad, yeah. Our youngest player is who's playing at the moment is Gyro at twenty three. Spreckensy Deutsch. Yeah, thirty years and ninety four days is, was the average age of the squad against uh, average age of starting eleven. Sorry, against Sheffield United, which is um, only outdone by Ibar in the in the Spanish. You know the problem. Roy's so old that he still hears those ages and thinks, "Yeah, they're really young." <laughs> you were born in what? Nineteen eighty seven. Get in. <laughs> Yeah, young whippersnapper. <laughs> Me, I tell you what, we might, we we could still get a game probably. Well, yeah. how old are you? Thirty-five. Thirty-five. Bullshit. How old are 35? you? Thirty-five. He is thirty-five. No, You're the oldest. Is he? You got to deal with it. Hang on. Did you? Yeah, think, hang on. Bollocks. Did you think I was older? <laughs> no, never mind that. Let's move on. <laughs> oh, what a. Yeah, he thought you were like a much older bloke um, from the movie industry with one of those hot younger wives. <laughs> she's a Trophy she's wife, older than right? me. <laughs> she never is. Yes, by about four years. This is like this is legitimately blowing my mind. Oh, outrageous! For anyone who listened to last week's pod, they'll remember Albert talking about his hairline running away from his his head. So, you know, it's the stress yeah. of dealing with knobhead over here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, none of us are Newcastle fans, mate. Don't worry about it. I'll but, be, um, man. Yeah. <clears throat> so basically, <laughs> Hodgson is demanding assurances that he gets new signings in in the summer, which apparently we're prepared to offer him assurances. But who knows? Oh, wow. Whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Roy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah don't worry, mate. I mean, how, how many times has I feel like the, the, the journalists who write these stories can just like copy and paste from the year before. Mm. It's just like, you know, we don't buy anyone in the summer and then you say, well, we've started all right. We'll get the old player in in January. And then in January, it's, you know, there's no good value at this time of year. We'll get it in the summer. And it just cycles on and on and on. So uh, him being given assurances means very little to me. I'm sure it probably means very little to Roy as well at this point, to be honest. Um, Here's a good quiz question in terms of our woes in the transfer market. Heskiff or Albert, whoever gets it first. Who was the last right back we signed? Curtis Fleming. <laughs> uh, good, good shout, but it was not Curtis Fleming. Was it Joe Ward? It was the one after him the following season. So in 2013, when we signed that flurry Darcy, of players. Oh, was it? Yeah, Darcy, Darcy Blake was a centre. Darcy, Darcy Fussell was a centre back. Darcy Blake. Who then went on to play oh. Division Two rugby before retiring? Lots of problems with alcohol, oh. I believe. Yeah. Mm. But uh, no, the flurry of players. We signed fifteen. We signed too yeah. many. It was like the reverse of today. Uh, oh no! There's listeners screaming at you, you prick! It's so obviously Jack Hunt's. It's only to be like that. <laughs> oh, yes, Jack, Jack Hunt. Hunt. Yeah. And he broke his leg after like two minutes in, in training or something, right? Exactly, yeah. And then... Um, oh, well. Where did he go? I think he might be at Sheffield Wednesday or somewhere he definitely, like that. He definitely, definitely went to Wednesday on loan, didn't he, when he was fit? I have a feeling he's at Bristol City now. Um, but if you if you feel, I will Google and say, yep, Bristol City, there you go. Hmm. It says, it, 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 according to Wikipedia, he is a defensive midfielder. 
Oh, it says defender midfielder, I see. I was going to say, but you can't really trust Wikipedia, as we found out <laughs> the other day when it was saying that George Endar scored 44 goals in 110 games for Palace, whilst also going out on loans of Bournemouth in the middle of that time, who were then in League Two. Obviously not true. He'd only scored 11 goals for Palace, which, as a sad geek loser, I've since corrected on... Um, Wikipedia. I'm just about to look to see if it stayed changed. It did. They accepted my change. There you go. He'd be absolutely prolific with that record, wouldn't he? Yeah. If he was in the team. Yeah, now. 101 appearances, 44 goals, 11 goals is prolific in, in this day and age. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. But of course, that was um, 11 goals is the most apt number of goals for George Endar to score, being famously known at Palace for his very skinny legs. Um, for the younger listeners, go and look at pictures of George Endar. He definitely skipped leg day. Right, let's get into this game. Listening to the Unholy Trinity podcast, Everton podcast, actually quite good, actually. It was very good Good banter between the lads on there, three blokes. Um, if, you, if you fancy giving opposition podcasts a listen, that one was a decent one. Uh, uh, Albert, Zaha is bound to score. Uh, I, is he? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I mean, I'll take that. Yeah. Is he bound to score? Um, I don't know. Everton are kind of certainly improved under Ancelotti, you know, and they've they've beaten some some of the bigger teams, but they've kind of you know, they've come unstuck against some smaller teams. And yeah, well a lot of draws. You, yeah, so t- last ten, only one defeat, which pretty much um I think ties him with Ancelotti coming in. Uh five wins and four draws in those nine. So one defeat and ten's not bad. No, not bad, but they, you know, they have they have conceded in in most of those games. Um, you know, they let Watford score two, they let Everton, um, sorry, they let Newcastle score two. Uh, so it'd be nice if they let us do the same. Yeah, um, if they could if they could try and avoid scoring three, that would be like really nice. Would be ideal. Um, Heskiff going to Goodison. We had a good time of it there um, early on in our time in the Premier League, and our four wins. At- Goodison Park in the in Premier League, I think three in the last seven years, whatever, and then one going back to 1997 makes it our most successful hunting ground in the Premier League. Is that right? Four wins is only, is only matched mean, by Leicester. It, it is a place where I saw Fraser Campbell and Yannick Bellassi score in the same oh, game in the Premier the League. So what a day that was. Um, and actually, I was... Someone posted it on Twitter the other day. I know it was a draw, but uh, that Benteke header from almost the edge of the box. A curling header. I've never seen one before. I've never seen one Yeah, unbelievable header. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't... Surprising absolutely no one. I don't hold up much hope because they do look... They do definitely look better under Ancelotti, which you would expect. Um, And, you know, even though they are letting a few goals in, our, you know... Our numbers in terms of goals scored is absolutely bloody <laughs> awful, isn't it? So, <laughs> is there any? Uh, are we hit bottom of the league yet? I'm got, you carry on talking. I'm going to yeah, work. we have. I, I I actually have looked before we we kicked off. So um, we're the lowest home scorers in the league with ten, um, and we are overall now um, the lowest scorers in the league. So we've we've scored a whopping. Goals for 22. We've got 22 goals. <laughs> 22 goals and 25 Same games. as Sawlot. 
Yeah, yeah. Sawlock's got 21 in 22 games um, and countless assists on top of that as well. We won't get into that. I, don't, I did see someone make a really good point on Twitter the other day saying, you know, we slagged off uh, we slag off the Turkish league. Now Sawlock's scoring goals there, but nobody was saying they didn't want to sign Cenk Tosun a few years back when we was linked with him, who was also banging in goals in the same league. So mm, it's certainly a strange one. Look, I, I think I think the thing is we, we've talked about it before, and I certainly have had the opinion that playing the way we do with three defensive midfielders is it's just it's not the way to go. Uh, it's proven not to work in terms of scoring goals. And it was sort of okay when our defence was really good and we, we you know, weren't letting in goals very much at all. But now we we seem to be letting in quite a few more goals every game. And if, if you're doing that, then scoring one goal a game is going to get you bugger all. Um, so hopefully with, you know, Andros coming back, Benteke playing well, because I thought, I thought he was good against Sheffield United and taking him off sort of ruined our shape a bit. Hopefully, with those players coming back, we can maybe try something different. I mean, I don't, I'm not much, holding that much hope with Roy, but if we tried something a little bit different and went a little bit more offensive, then maybe we would get two goals. Yeah, it's it's funny because Roy has talked this week, I think, about trying to get Jordan Ayew back through the middle now that Townsend's fit again. And, of course, we won a few more games, but Albert, we still wasn't scoring goals with many goals with IU through the middle. Most of the season, it's been IU through the middle, and we're still in this position. It's just that he's he scored key goals. So, is that is that the answer, or is, as Heskiff says, do we need to look to go a little bit more offensive and be a bit braver? Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with you. It always seems that we kind of, whether it's the fans or you know, and again, Roy and the club are a bit guilty of this. We always we always seem to find an excuse as to why, we, you know, we're struggling for chances and, and and goals. And, yeah, like you say, it's been, you know, I've played through the middle loads of times this season and I'm not having a go at Jordan Ayew at all. And he's done very well. He scored some important goals, some really quality goals. Um, but, yeah, it's not like, you know, he's, he's not on double figures and all of a sudden he's had to play out wide and the goals have dried up. Um, so, you know, for, for that to cut, I mean, we're clutching at straws, I guess, and I guess Roy is as well because he wants us to see more goals score more goals so me personally I'd the the way I mean if Andros comes in and plays I'd almost want I'd almost want Benteke on the pitch because I think we need to if, we, if we're going to play the three boring central defensive midfielders that Heskiff's already talked about you know we aren't going to create chances going through the you know we're not going to carve teams open by playing you know intricate passes you know down the middle of the pitch you know, they're all, all they're going to do is try and look to get it wide to whether it be Zaha on one side and Ayu or um, Andrus on the other. And, you know, you kind of need to put balls into the box. You know, that's our only outlet. And that Townsend and Zaha aren't going to dribble around, especially Zaha. He's, he's going to have three men on him and he can't, he's not going to dribble around them every time and, and get a decent chance into the box for somebody like Jordan Ayu to get on the end of, you know, you kind of almost want to set up away from home and get, and it's, you know, I hate to go a bit sort of Allardyce, but you want to get balls into the box mm. um, for someone who's going to challenge for them. So you need to get the ball in early. And I think the best person to try and deal with that is Benteke. And he, and, and again, Heskiff's already said, you know, we, we, he did look like he was getting on the end of stuff in the game against Sheffield United. Well, yes and no. I think again, he's, the two times he got in front of goal, he hit the side netting in the first half. He cut inside a defender in the second half and hit the tamest shot 
ever back to the goalie. But it's it's not getting in the six yard box is Christian Benteke's problem, I think. And there, this was made so obvious in the first half when Jordan Ayew flashed a shot across the six yard box, across, sorry. But Benteke had gone to meet him short and I'm just screaming, like, get in the six yard box, just remember what sort of striker you are. And he's obviously under instructions to do things differently. Um, you see, with Benteke, a lot of it is fancy flicks and, you know, going in to meet players and making cute triangles where the one time last week where he went and stood in the middle of the six yard box, he nearly got on the end of a Zaha cross and probably, I think he did get a touch on it and it went wide. And that was the one time he managed to get himself in the six yard box. So if you're playing Benteke, you've got to get him in a six yard box, but I just don't think it is. I, I think we play some beautiful free flowing football down the left-hand side often with um, Van Arnhol and Benteke and Zaha linking up or Ayu, whoever it is over there at that point. And we play lovely stuff and we get round the fullback and then whoever's got round the fullback on that occasion is looking up and there's no one there. So it's, there's clearly something broken in the system that we constantly end up in these positions where they look like threatening attacking positions only for the last ball to be have to be either a shot from a really, really tight angle or trying to pick perhaps an on-rushing James McArthur if he's managed to get there out ahead of seven defenders from the opposition. So it's um, it's really frustrating at the moment. It's like something's got to change and it's been going a lot, 24, 25 games now, whatever we are through. It, it, nothing's changing. We're getting the same scenario over and over again. And it just feels like we're banging, banging our head against a brick wall. So I really would like to see a change in the system. But at this point, especially with no change in personnel, I just don't really see where it's going to come from. Uh, but we t- <laughs> all that being said about three combative midfielders, um, Heskey, if the Everton fans are saying this is exactly where they struggle, they have no battle in the centre of the park. Um, Fabian Delft, they were absolutely laying into and he was sent off so he won't be available for selection. But he's saying it's basically going to be Sigurdsson and Tom Davies in there. So they're a little bit worried with our uh, with our midfield trio that they might bully them in there. Is that, is that something we can look forward to? Well, one thing I definitely think we can look forward to is Luca getting a yellow card because I don't think a game goes by where he doesn't get a yellow card, does he? So I'm, they, they described him as a walking yellow card on the podcast. Well, is it, I think he, of course, I think he's back from his red card suspension and is now one card away from another suspension. If, if I, two games, that's right, for yeah. ten yellow cards. Um, yeah, and he's we, served, and he's served a five game, the one match ban for five yellow cards. So. Go for go for the fifteen, yeah, what, Trinity. Why not? I mean, they, we might as well count them as goals because we're struggling properly. Um, no, look, I, I think that it, they might not have much in midfield in terms of like grit, Everton, and we we might have that, but I don't think it's necessarily going to cancel each other out. I think we're going to be under the cosh a bit. Um, we're going to need to move the ball forward quickly. And like you say, get people in the box because having the three defensive midfielders, if James McArthur isn't busting his neck to get into the box, then there isn't anyone there. You know, there's no, we don't score goals from 25 yards when Andros isn't playing because no one has a bloody shot from there. So um, the midfielder are going to have to do a lot of work. And part of that is going to be to support the forward play. And unfortunately, we don't really do that. So. It'll be uh, it'll be a surprise to me if if it changes, just because Everton don't really have a a gritty midfield themselves. Mm. Yeah, I'd, uh, 
maybe if you get on top of them and you kick the crap out of them, it might happen. Um, they was worried that James McCarthy might be in there doing that. Um, it would be interesting to see if he starts again. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd, I don't know. I don't see anything's going to change. I, th- I think it's the sort of game that we're just going to go and lose one or two nil. Um, it will probably be really, really tight, obviously, because we'll make it difficult and difficult for them and probably set up for the draw. But thought about you, Albert. I can't see past the one or two nil scoreline to Everton. No, I'm um, I'm going to be slightly more optimistic and say we'll score, but I think we'll lose it two one, and I think it'll be Mr. Yellow Card penalty and a Calvert-Lewin brace. Mm, that would be good for my fantasy team. A couple of Calvert-Lewin goals. Uh, Heskiff, what about you? Uh, I'll go 3-1. I think we might score and have hope that we'll get something back and then that will be shot down. I don't know who's going to score, to be honest. I'll just I'll say <laughs> RU for us. Um, so, yep, you're right. Luka Milivojevic is on nine yellow cards. There's two other players um, in the Premier League on nine yellow cards also. And if Kerta has it a quick guess, I would say one of them is expected. One of them is not. Oh, um, David Luiz. <laughs> That's a decent shout, but no. It's Jorginho for Chelsea is the other. It's the unexpected um, one. And um, anyone, shout out to anyone who was at Bournemouth away a couple of seasons ago, Jefferson Lerma. Oh, yeah, of course. He's a right guy. Yeah, he, he, like, um, he has a red card in the Premier League as well, which Luca doesn't. He obviously has one in the cup. But um, And then there's a Christian Cabasele for Watford with two red cards this season. Imagine a Watford player being dirty. It seems to beg us belief, really. But there you go. Um Defeats all around then uh, from us. Uh, I think in the past that's been quite a good omen for us travelling to away games. But we'll see how it goes on Saturday. Um, I'm actually missing it. Uh, Heskiff, are you going up? Alas, no. I will. Yes, I think it's unusual for both of us to be missing a game. Um, House renovations are completed for me for this weekend, so I'm being a good husband mainly aided by it being made a 12.30 kickoff, which gave me an excuse to swerve it. Um, but Albert, I think Watford at home this weekend, so you're there, aren't you? No, but funnily, funnily enough, I was in Liverpool today and I was standing about 20 metres from the uh, new, whatever they're calling it, Goodison Park construction site. So I was there today, so, you know. Um, what were you, who, who were you there with? Anyone exciting? Um, no. Was Neil there? <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. We'll leave that there and we'll be back after this short break. Back at the Nest Match Preview Podcast. www.backofthenest.com Right, that's almost your lot for this week. All the usual stuff here. Head to YouTube, watch DR do his stuff over there. Very controversial post-Sheffield United. Um, doing outside the, um, sta- outside the stadium interviews immediately after the game. Been very, very divisive. Um, but yeah, go, go ahead and watch them. Give them a view. See what you think. Leave some comments. Um, we always listen to feedback here at Back of the Nest. So feel free, praise it, hate it, do what you want to do. We will listen. Um, head over to backofthenest.com, send voice notes for the review show on 02035751766 on WhatsApp. Follow on Twitter at Back of the Nest or on Instagram at Back of the Nest CPFC. 
Uh, who's up next, Heskiff? I always put it on you. You should know to learn by now. Oh, bloody hell. Is it Newcastle? <laughs> it is Newcastle at home. Um, I mean, that's it. You know what that means. <laughs> um, international knob out Saturday. Cock out in the away end at the, at the pre-game rave <laughs> up. <laughs> is he shaking a glow stick around? No. Oh, you don't. If you If you're... In the sort of vibe that you're waving a glow stick around, you don't want to be getting your knob out, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> oh, it's been a pleasure, guys. And until next week, up the palace. the 90th minute all your mates around you've got your mcnugget share boxes ready to go your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget snatching all three points perfect order mcdelivery now on the mcdonald's app you in at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport, powered by fans.